I am Stacey Wells, a youth sports advocate with experience in various facets of sports. I've gained valuable insights from coaching, being a team mom, starting a club, managing multiple facilities, to overseeing the construction of a multi-million dollar sports complex. Currently, I assist individuals and organizations in creating and developing facilities and programs to help them achieve their dreams while making sure that we continue to provide opportunities for our youth to get involved and stay involved in their sports dreams. In this podcast, I will share some of the tips and tricks I have learned throughout my entire journey. Insurance is always one of those tricky topics, and it's so much information. So I was able to reach out to Richard Aulis, who I have known for quite a while, and uh, got to interview him in regards to insurance and how it affects youth sports and, and some things you can look at. And so I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Okay, so I have with me today Richard Aulis. Richard, tell me what you do, where you've been. Well, I'm in the insurance business and we do risk management too. So I think that goes along with insurance Mm -hmm. Been doing it for a long time. And uh, we predominantly focus on property casualty, employee benefits, and human resources is what we do. Okay. Um, One reason, Richard and I have known each other for quite a while, and one of the reasons that I chose to do have you in is because you're also a huge proponent of economic development. And of course, youth sports is a huge economic driver, you know? It absolutely is. In fact, sports tourism in general, particularly with families Mm -hmm. and youth sports is a big economic development uh, proposition for our community. Yeah. So what have you noticed? Let's talk about that for just a little bit, just because you have served on the council in You've had some insight on that aspect. What growth have you seen in Springfield in your your time being involved in either the chamber or the council? Yeah, initially, I think the big the big spurt of growth from uh, sports tourism came when Cooper was developed. Uh, both the soccer and the tennis facility, mm-hmm. as well as even the baseball uh, fields, and that was a huge driver of many, many tournaments and much economic activity in the community. And so that that was a big deal. Along with that, as far as economics, obviously the development of Partnership uh, East and Partnership West, the industrial parks in Mm -hmm. our community, also had a big driver of economic activity in our area. And so those are kind of the things, at least in in my service that, that, that I, that I saw that really catapulted us forward. I think, you know, of course, everybody thinks of insurance, um, being from the facility side. So Cooper would be insured any of these facilities that are popping up any business really. And, but I think a lot of times people don't always understand that an organization, you know, mom and dad decide that they're going to put a team together and they also need insurance. You know, one of the things I, I think the biggest misconception that we see in the sports arena revolves around participants. Mm-hmm. And uh, in on many policies, there is an athletic participant exclusion on the policy. In other words, 
it would protect the venue for slips and falls for visitors, right? Right. Or something like that. It, it would protect if if they had a, a fire or a tornado or something like that. But athletic participants many times are excluded from the policy. And so that's something if you're going to get into this type of business that you need to be aware of. Okay. So are there are there policies that do offer participation? There are. The most common thing that we see is where the participants actually buy individual policies. They're like accident policies that that they would buy, for instance, each each football player or each soccer player would, would buy those for their family. Now, traditional health insurance is also going to protect you against that, but that's that's normally how we see that risk being covered. Does uh, personal your personal health insurance? Are there ever times when they're like, "Well, no, because that's going to go outside." So a player gets hurt on someone's property, not necessarily the property's fault, but maybe during an activity that an insurance company would say, "Oh, we're going to go after the facility." For that injury, or you needed to have accidental health, we're only going to cover this much because... Yeah, there are a couple of instances that we've seen that occur. One, if, if, a, if a health insurance company pays a claim, they can, if they feel like somebody was at fault, they can do what's called subrogation. And they can essentially try to go after the at-fault party. For instance... Let's say there was a venue that had um, uh, did not keep up with the turf conditions, mm-hmm. and it was very dangerous and slick, and many people had communicated this time and time again. They they might uh, subrogate or try to go after the at fault party. So that's one thing that mm-hmm. we see occur. The other thing that we see occur not often is a health insurance technically can also exclude coverage for illegal acts. And so, although we don't see that certainly in the athletic arena, I just thought I'd mention that, for instance, if you're, um, if you go out and uh, drink and you're involved in a significant accident, the insurance company could, doesn't always happen, mm-hmm. evoke uh, an exclusion uh, because you're you're participating in a le- illegal activity. So, is there a situation in a youth sports world that you could think of? Not not normally. Uh, uh, we, in fact, we talked about this before we went on air here. Something that we are seeing more and more of in youth sports, and it's it's very unfortunate. But obviously, this situation with sexual and physical abuse mm-hmm. and the, the need to, and this is a risk management technique, the need to do background checks on coaches and, right, and counselors and, and people like that that are associated with youth sports, and also just being uh, smart about your activities. For instance, uh, if, if you are around kids, it's always good to have a couple of adults, right? And so, you, you've got some safety uh, built in 
having having that in place. And so those are some of the things that we typically see. So with that, let's say an organization does have insurance, um, which you can get policies that cover stuff like that for really little to nothing. You know, if you're just an organization and we're not talking about, you know, the general liability of a facility, but. Right. You can get uh, liability as well as uh, sexual and physical abuse on policies. Many insurance companies are now requiring you to have kind of a set written policy on how you are going to interact with kids. For instance, having two people mm-hmm. uh, uh, at all times around uh, kids or others. And so there are various coverages that you can explore to protect you in that instance. When you're applying for coverage, do they often ask you, do the insurance um, companies ask about background checks and if your organization is providing them? They do. They, they ask about background checks. They ask about what is your policy concerning? Are there two coaches always present? Those types of questions are often asked on the application. Do any of the insurance companies offer background checks, or is that a different service that you'd have to go through? Normally, it's a different service that you have to go through, and and those are available in the marketplace to Mm -hmm. do background checks. It's also becoming very common in the educational area where uh, background checks need to be completed for folks that are going to be in the classroom interacting with kids on field trips and things of that nature. So let's say you mentioned the participant accident. Does, you know, if a facility does provide that or a governing body, say, for instance, some of these clubs and, you know, AAU type travel teams, they have a governing body that offers some sort of insurance protection once you're a member of that. Do they offer um, medical coverage do a lot of those policies offer medical coverage? The, the, the answer is it, it's referred to typically as accident coverage because, mm-hmm. in other words, it, it, it is medical, but it's not for sickness or illness. It's typically for an injury that would occur during an athletic event. Policy, we have the insured participant, the insured. That is the person on the, the policy. Right. There are additional insureds. Who all can be classified as those additional insureds on a pol- on one policy? You know, if if for instance, if you have uh, you can name an entity that you have an affiliation with as an additional insured. Now they have to have some type of relationship, meaning business relationship, with the so called insured, mm-hmm. right? And, and so they can be named on the policy in some cases. I will tell you, insurance companies are becoming particular about who they are going to name on the policy and what type of relationship do you have uh, with that individual. For instance, if, if you have a, um, a, a tenant uh, in, a, in a sports facility the venue or the person that owns the sports facility may be required uh, or may require the tenant to name them as an additional insured. So is that different from a certificate of insurance? It is. An additional insured status basically gives you some very, very limited coverage if you are enjoined in a lawsuit and it's the other party's fault. Okay. 
A certificate just essentially demonstrates that a business entity has insurance, and unless there is additional insured status listed on that certificate, then there would be no additional insured status. Okay. So facility A has an event and the director comes in and they've named them as a certificate of insurance um, or listed the company facility A on their as a certificate holder. Then an accident on the property happens and it's clearly the director's fault. They could not come back and then sue the facility. Um, you know, anybody can sue anybody, but but again, a, a certificate without additional insured Correct. status is basically just evidence that the party that has the certificate has insurance. Okay. So the additional insured, how does that go into play for like a nonprofit? Is that insurance a completely different topic? It It is. Um you know, what we typically advise is that in most cases, and, and every instance is different, in most cases, each entity needs to have their own insurance policy. Additional insured status, candidly, is just granted to say that if, if another entity just happens to be affiliated and is sued, but it's entity A's fault, then entity B is going to be picked up on entity A's policy. Mm-hmm. But, but again, we always advise that both entity A and entity B get their own insurance. So say you're a nonprofit, you have your own insurance. The, I mean, board of directors, that's going to be a completely different policy to cover them. That's a, that's a great question. And again, as you can tell, insurance is very complex. That's mm-hmm. why we always recommend working with an expert. But yes, general liability picks up uh, bodily injury and property damage. That's the traditional coverage. A director's and officer's policy, I like to call that decision-making poli- uh, coverage. <laughs> that picks up if a board is sued because of a decision that they make. Okay. And that's it. That's all it really covers that, that's, is the that's, decisions. That's, the board that's really what it, in, 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 in a lot of general generalities, that's what it covers. Yes. Okay. Decisions that a board makes or, or as importantly, fails to make. Okay. So that would not extend to any coaches that might be within that nonprofit or directors of different programming? If they are an officer, again, it's directors and officers, mm-hmm. and, and the definition is fairly broad, okay. but, it, but it, it, it can extend to employees in some instances, but, but it's traditionally for the board of directors and officers of the company that make decisions. That's why I kind of like to call it decision-making coverage, that make decisions on behalf of the organization. From an individual coach's perspective, do they offer, is there an insurance policy that they should get if That's, they are just a coach? For you know, co- coaches, uh, obviously, uh, believe it or not, that, that is, there is some risk associated with being a coach. And many associations will offer some type of policy for coaches. And so... Um, if you're not affiliated with kind of a governing body that 
that has that, it, it may not be available to you. And so we typically see coaches buy uh, individual policies through an association. And what would an individual policy be? What would that cover for an end for a coach? Well, they all they all vary, but but again, uh, it you, you know a lot of it is almost like what I call professional liability or instruction that a that a coach gives that may harm somebody in 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 some way. Okay. You know, this is a an, an area that is relatively complex when it comes to athletic participants. And, and, and the thing that I would continue to express is many policies exclude athletic participation and injuries associated with that. And, and not all, but many. And, and, and we're not talking health insurance. We're talking accident. Accident. I mean, when, when I say, when I say accident, I mean injuries that occur occur during athletic events. But the insurance policies that are excluding that, it's not your health insurance. That's correct. It's okay. That is correct. Health insurance typically, if you if you injure yourself and you have a standard insurance policy, uh, health insurance policy, it it likely is is going to cover that. But if I'm a facility, the chances of my insurance having to cover a knee blown out or something on a basketball court is very slim to none as opposed to if they were fall if they fell in the parking lot because of ice. That's exactly right. Okay. And that's a great delineation. You know, the 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 liability that a facility buys is typically for visitors and and people that are entering or exiting the facility, right? Mm-hmm. Or sitting on bleachers right. or or like you say ice in the parking lot. There, it's not typically designed for a blown knee during an athletic event. Well, Richard, thank you so much for taking some time today and talking about this. I, I know that it's an important topic, and oftentimes what I am finding is it gets overlooked, especially for some of the smaller organizations because it's an expense that they don't necessarily include in their budget, and I feel that they need to. And they can get with you guys. And there's a lot of, I know that there's a lot of insurance companies um, that offer policy specifically for this and make it cost effective. That's, right? a, that's exactly right. And we talked earlier about associations and uh, like leagues and, and those types of things. Those are normally the entities that have these types of policies that are specifically designed for a sporting venue. After talking to Richard, you can see insurance is such a big topic, but it's important from all levels of youth sports, from the facility all the way down to the one, the single team organization. So if you have more questions um, about insurance, please reach out to Richard and one of his agents can help you. Um, His information, contact information will be available in the Um, transcript of this episode. Otherwise, I am so excited that you joined us again for today. And please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Linktree at Stacey D. Wells. And you can catch me on my website at stacydwells.com. Thank you and have a great day.